Hello and welcome to episode 75 of the Corinne Ninja podcast. I'm your host Corinne Ninja and I'm really, really excited to be here with you today. We haven't done an episode like this, I don't think, and I'm really looking forward to moving the podcast in slightly broader directions in 2019 because for me, I'm definitely always going to have success stories because whole food plant-based success stories are <laughs> they're just so moving and touching and incredible for me, even if it was just me listening, which it's not. Um, so there will always be a, the, the biggest, strongest thread of this podcast and I'm hoping that there'll always be one at least per week um, once we get back into two episodes a week, um, which might be starting this week of this podcast coming out. But I'm just waiting until after the school holidays to do that again. Yeah, I love putting out the two episodes. But yeah, so definitely we're going to be having more success stories. But I also want to talk about other areas of self-improvement, I guess, in in life that that I love and that I am inspired by or that inspire me or that I've found benefit in myself moving forward. So today's episode is with Lucia Giovannini and she is an author. Her book, A Whole New Life, is coming out in the beginning of March and she's, you know, background in psychology and coaching. She runs retreats in Bali and Thailand and she is a plant, whole food plant-based advocate, a passionate vegan, plant-based health-promoting woman as well as someone who is committed to talking about change. She's based in Italy, but her work has been spanning, you know, over 25 years covering things from meditation, mindfulness, breath work, food, diet. It's multifaceted. And I find that in this episode, I was really pleased that we talked obviously about the content of her new book, A Whole New Life, and and how change can happen for for all of us. Because it, it is something that I think is a big, huge part of why many people fail at sticking to a whole food plant-based diet is because change is so difficult for so many of us and and the change like adopting a completely different diet to the standard or traditional diet of our culture it's massive and so yeah I loved speaking to Lucha today and in this interview and hearing her thoughts on her and talking about our own strategies things that have worked for us and some really, really great tips. And I love when Luke share in this episode, she talks about, you know, unlearning. This is, for me, has been the one of the biggest parts of my own journey is the unlearning of how to eat, how to exercise, how to be motivated, how to, how to live. You know, there's so much that our society and our parenting and our environments and our cultures have taught us that we later discover is detrimental to our health or isn't health promoting and, and, and those types of things. And so unlearning that and relearning how to fuel our bodies optimally and how to get better use of our breaths and our minds and all of these aspects that can so drastically improve our quality of life, our 
ability to cope with stress, our ability to curb cravings at nighttime, you know, our energy levels, our digestion, all those things. So yeah, I'm very, very excited moving forward and happy that this is episode 75. It feels like a nice number to make the transition into talking about change. And if you're stuck at the moment, Lucia has so many great tips in this episode of things that you and, and tweaks that you can make and strategies that you can employ to help move yourself forward if you're feeling stuck or if you've reached a plateau or if you're wanting to do something differently but not knowing where to start. So definitely listen to the end because at the end she gives her top four tips which we share in every episode and yeah hers are definitely I'm going to be you know taking them on board and doing them myself now I do I do do most of them already but they're they're always there's always ways and every single guest that comes on the show has new ideas for me to incorporate and try and of course you can if they don't work for you try something else next week for the next guest that comes on with their tips it's just fun to learn and try on different things and see what suits you and see what doesn't suit you and see what helps push things forward for you um, so that you get the most out of life 2019 and and all the years coming. Yes, so I'm so excited. And obviously I usually mention this at the end, but Definitely worth sharing this episode with your family and friends because everyone wants to know how to make sustainable change in their life. And when you share, more people can find this podcast, hear Lucia's story, hear the other stories and the guests on this podcast who have radically transformed their lives from the inside out. And if you want to hear more from Lucia, you can head over to her website, which is luciagivanini.com and I'll check out the show notes for the link. So go there, click on it. You can get more from Lucia there and find out about her retreats, her dates, her workshops in Italy, her Bali retreats, which are probably more feasible for us over here in Australia. <laughs> nice and warm and in Ubud and a vegan paradise from everything that I've ever heard, but I've never been there. So I definitely would love to check one of those out someday in the future. And you can follow her on Facebook, join her free Facebook community, which is called A Whole New Life. And I'm sure she would love to have you. She gives lots of great tips over there too and strategies for creating change and sustaining change and all those kinds of things. And if you go to her website, you can do her quiz, which tells you what kind of change person you are and follow her free 21-day workbook there to who knows what's going to happen at the end of that 21 days you might be a completely different person totally worth giving it a try as well and don't forget that you can go on her website and pre-order her book bundle to get her whole new life book that's due out in March which will be really 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 great and I can't wait to get my own copy so don't forget to check that out if you haven't left a review over at Apple Podcasts, I will be your best friend if you do that because it means that more people can find this podcast, which is great because more people can find out about the amazing benefits of a whole food plant-based diet, which always makes me very, very, very excited. 
So thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone, for the reviews. Now, I normally do read out someone, two people's amazing reviews over there in the introductions, which I've started doing recently. But this episode, I can't because the app won't open when I'm recording this. So I will do that next time. But thank you for everyone who is there. I will read them out as of next episode again and hopefully it will load every single time from now on so this doesn't happen again. Thank you. Thank you all for listening and thank you so much, Lucha, for coming on the show. We had so many in-sync moments where we were both just like, wow, you too, (laughs) which I love and I love. So, yeah, thank you. I hope you enjoy listening to Lucha and I'll see you at the end of the episode. Bye. Hello, Lucia, and welcome to the show. Hello, Corinne. I'm so glad and so honored to be here with you today. Oh, the honor is all mine. I'm, we've had so much trouble to get together and we finally have, so I'm very excited. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it, okay? So. <laughs> we made it. So I've given you a little bit of an introduction already. So yeah, just let's just launch into your story. How did you find this way of living and and how has it changed your life? In terms of, you know, uh, way of living, um, specifically in terms of plant-based diet, um, I've been a, a vegetarian since I was nine years old. And uh, that's I mean, at those times, I had no clue about, you know, the benefits on health uh, and so on and so forth, on vitality, because, I mean, of course, obviously, I was too young to know any of that. Uh, But I was passionate about animals. I loved animals so much. And so I couldn't think of eating them. Uh, To me, it was like something absurd, you know, like eating your own friends. And I would never have done that. So I actually um, fought with my whole family. And, you know, being Italian, we have a a, a long uh, tradition about food. Uh, and uh, uh, strong ideas about what a child should eat in order, you know, to grow uh, healthy. Uh, And so my family was really upset with me and thought that I had, I mean, there was something wrong in me uh, not wanting to actually refusing, stubbornly refusing to eat meat. Um, and so that was my beginning <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not an easy one. Uh, and actually, I started, I think, when I was two, three years old to refuse meat. And it was n- not until when I was nine years old that they finally decided, OK, now you eat what you want. We can't keep on fighting with you all the time. So basically, I won. <laughs> yeah, um, wow. but then, yeah. And then and then uh, uh, I mean now it's easy for me because you know I mean the personal growth field I lead workshops and retreats and basically my husband is vegan too and most of my friends are vegan in Italy I think it's the second um vegetarian/vegan country in the world 
because Italy now it's full of vegan restaurants or I mean even traditional restaurants almost all of them have you know vegan options vegetarian options definitely everywhere even in schools you find them so now it's easy but it hasn't been that easy all my life actually because I haven't done this job for all my life Actually, my previous job was in the fashion industry. I was a model, a fashion model. And, and it was like back 30 years ago, 25 years ago. And at those times, again, vegetarianism and veganism was not known at all. So even at those times, it was not easy for me because I was always the weird one, you know, the one out of the, uh, I mean, who who, who was actually different from the, from the others in the ways I I yeah I spoke in the ways I ate and so it, it's I mean after a while it takes its toll you know it's not it's not easy to always be the different one um, <laughs> and sometimes you know I thought okay if I could just be like other people it would be much easy uh, you know you go to dinner parties and you can't eat almost anything except salad but then you're hungry and so what do you do you eat bread which is not healthy either so um so yeah this this has been my journey with this lifestyle but on the other side on the other hand I uh, witnessed so many wonderful transformations, even from when I was a vegetarian and then I became vegan around, I think, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Um, so letting go of all the cheese and eggs, uh, it was a major shift in terms of vitality, in terms of energy, in terms of uh, not getting colds anymore. Um, in terms of, you know, uh, my body even, like cellulitis and all that, much, much better. So, yeah. Mm. And, and I also witnessed these changes in many people. And not just, you know, because now in, in my retreats, of course, what I offer is vegan food and what I advise people to, to at least to try and at least to, you know, um, consider um introducing uh, plant-based diets in their everyday life and for some of them it's not easy so they just do it like twice three times a week and it's okay it's just the beginning and it's okay and some other people just went uh plant-based diet uh completely and they are so happy and not just you know in for the physical in the physical side for their bodies but also emotionally it makes a tremendous difference. Like in my new book, A Whole New Life, which is going to be released in the US in March, by the way. Um, Excellent. Can't wait. Everyone go get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's a book about change, you know. The, the idea is how to help people navigate through change in their lives because we all face change in a way or another. And most of the times life, throws us, you know, into a change that we are not prepared to, to face. So, um, like, you know, an illness or the, the end of a relationship or a failure in our job, in our career, um, or even getting older, you know, we see our body changing and 
we have to face this this uh, uh, this transition. So um, uh, what I what I felt when I was writing this book is, of course, I mean my background is in psychology, okay, and in coaching. So there's a lot of uh, of that in the book and in my retreats as well. But at the same time, I I asked myself, what else? What else do we need, you know, in order to change? What else can help us to create the changes we want in our life? What else can give us more energy, more vitality, more focus? And the answer was so clear, you know, proper food. Because we eat three times slash five times a day, if we consider also all the snacks, you know, between one meal and, and the other. And uh, that kind, the kind of fuel we, we put in our system makes a difference in our life because at the end we are what we eat. And so, uh, and so there's a chapter, a whole chapter about that uh, because uh, I mean, it, it's, it, it's so important and, and uh, uh, we are so, um, we take, we are so, so worried about the right fuel we put in our car you know we wouldn't put diesel if the car runs on gasoline or vice versa so we are so um so we put so much attention on uh, which is the right fuel for my car in order you know to have a better performance but we are not at all uh worried about which kind of food we put in our body which is even more important than our car i think <laughs> Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And, and the, the kind of food we actually put in our system makes a difference also uh, for our emotions. So, for example, just to give you an example, I had this, uh, this woman in one of my retreats and uh, her problem was anger. She was always angry, angry at herself, angry at her kids, angry at her husband, angry at her co-workers, angry at life in general. And so, of course, we did a lot of work on that anger, you know, releasing anger without releasing it on other people, but finding ecological ways to release the anger, you know, uh, and transforming that anger into action, okay, what do I need to do to, you know, in order to, to, um, to, to, to take action? Because normally anger is a, is a sign that some of our values have been, you know, uh, have been uh, um, stepped into, have, have been um, dishonored. Uh, so what, who, when do I need to speak up and all, all the things we made work with her on, on all those st stuffs. But then we also, I also asked her, what is your diet? What do you, what do you eat normally? And she ate a lot of meat. Okay. And she had this anger and anxiety. Of course. I mean, uh, animals, when they are brought to the slaughterhouse, they are in total fear, total fear. They are full of anxiety. They're angry. And so uh, what they do, they, th there's a, a lot of adrenaline running into their system. And that adrenaline, people who eat meat, eat that adrenaline at an energetical level with their meat. And so, of course, when pe people who eat a lot of meat um, feel a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, a lot of anger. 
I mean, th th that's <laughs> that's that's a, a no-brainer. So when she at the beginning she said, "I can't go without meat. Oh, I need meat, you know." But what she intended was, "I need protein." But protein, I mean, there's plenty of of plant-based pro protein. So we slowly helped her change her diet. And to make a long story short, her anger is gone. Her fear, I mean, I'm not saying her fears are gone because it's normal, you know, once in a while to feel fear and also to be angry once in a while. But her anger, um, uh, the, 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 the pattern of anger is gone. The pattern of fear is gone in her life. And so she's no more slave to those emotions. And, and uh, uh, changing her diet was a major shift in that. It was a major help in that. I was going to ask you, Lucha, I've, I've thought about what you're saying a, a lot, actually, around the adrenaline and the, and the emotions in the meat that we're eating, the, the energy that those animals, the feelings and the, the emotions that they would have been having as they entered the slaughterhouse and as they were, I guess, being processed in that, in that manner, slaughtered and killed in that manner and how terrifying that must be and how we are eating, you know, we are eating that, that terror and that suffering and that anger and that sadness and grief um, of those animals. And so I, th I think it's really interesting. I, I, I'm not sure that there's any, that's just my, yeah, like, like you say, my intuition, my inner knowing how, how I, what, what I believe, whether it's a real thing or whether it's you know i haven't looked into the science behind that or how that well energetically i think of course they release those kind of hormones, those hormones yeah. but then then um, even if we don't want to look at the biological part you know uh, also at an, at an energetical level of course you know it, it makes sense. Yes, true. But I, what I was going to to say there was, I don't know who has said this or where I heard it, but it was said that changing someone's diet is almost or or more difficult than changing someone's religion. True. And so I'm wondering in your work how you found supporting people or what tools and strategies you've used people who are listening who may not yet be whole food plant-based they may not be vegan they may not even be vegetarian but they but they know from listening to this podcast and other podcasts like like this podcast that a whole food plant-based eating is you know incredible for our health for healing for reversing chronic disease for weight loss all those kind for the animals for the planet but they're are hooked on meat, eggs, dairy, processed foods. Where do you start? Where would you start for those people? Yeah, with a very good question. In a, I actually start with um, with questions, coaching questions, because um, what happens is that we um, okay. So food should be meant uh, just you know as a fuel in order to have energy in our life. Uh, so th that's really what eating should be. Instead, it what we do most of the times it's psycho eating. What does that mean? Is that we don't eat just to get you know fuel. We eat to ease our emotions. So I'll give you an example. Um, you just finish dinner and then or lunch. And after a while, you feel the need for some more food. 
Of course, your stomach is already full, so you don't need that food actually in order to convert it into fuel. But maybe, um, maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel stressed. Maybe you have fear. Uh, maybe um, you uh, are wounded uh, because of a relationship. And then you, you use food as a comfort food. So, and then what I call it, it's psycho eating. So eating for psychological reasons and not eating for physical reasons, which should be the, the only reason why to eat. So um, the idea is to become aware of that. And in my book, I talk about the axes of change, which are the phases that we need to go through when we want to create a, a positive change, a positive transformation in our life. Uh, even if it's, you know, like an eating habit or changing our job or changing something in a relationship and so on and so forth. So the first of these phases is awareness. If we are not aware of this pattern, how can we change it? So the idea is when we feel, uh, before eating, asking ourselves, or when we feel we need to eat, asking ourselves, okay, why am I eating right now? What am I feeling? What do I, why do I want to eat? Is, is it because I'm really hungry or what emotion is there? And so um, I eat, the answer could be I eat because uh, I need, uh, you know, some uh, recognition or I eat because I um, want to cuddle myself. Um, I don't know if you use that expression in English, you know, to, to have some, <laughs> to have a hug. Yeah, so, some cuddles. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so the other question is, okay, what else could I do uh, in order to um, have the same effect? And sometimes the answer could be have a, take a warm bath. Sometimes it could be read a good book. Sometimes it could be call a friend. Sometimes it could be go out for a walk. Sometimes it could be, um, I don't know, put on a music and dance, you know, um, because there are tons of, of ways in which we could um, um, satisfy that need in a different way, in a more, more positive and more productive way. And so, uh, uh, yes, and so um, step by step, we do that and uh, we get out of the, the compulsion for food, for psycho-eating. Because the more we become aware, the more we find alternatives, ways of uh, uh, satisfying that need, uh, and the more we find pleasure in the new ways, and we, we see the results in the new ways, more productive ways, uh, the more we create the new. And then we go to the creating phase of the, of the change that we want. So that's the idea. Um, and, and, and then, of course, there are some other questions like, uh, um, again, if I, if I look at my body as, you know, a sacred temple, how do I want to, to nourish that divinity or that temple with corpses or with uh, fresh fruit and vegetables? Exactly. I love thinking of it like that. And I think that it's something that we, we, just, we just weren't conditioned to to think of our bodies like this because we hear so much about the 
the negative traits of our bodies, the things that are wrong with them, the things that the media has said is wrong with our bodies, the things that our mothers have disliked about their own bodies or our fathers, our friends, our peer groups. And I think that from there we start to see our bodies as an enemy and we, we just, you know, in our society, we tend to destroy our enemies. And so I think that plays out on our plates as well, where we we demonize our our physical form and then we and then we treat it like it's this bad guy you know by putting in alcohol drugs stimulants junk processed foods animal products you know meat eggs dairy and these foods that logically we have no and, and biologically we have no real they don't do much apart from harm us in the long term Yes, definitely, absolutely, absolutely true. And again, as you said, it's a it's a nation conditioning uh, from our society, our families, our religions. Sometimes, um, you know. So the idea is really to to let go, to unlearn. You know, sometimes before learning something new, positive, we need to unlearn the old rules the old conditioning beliefs and we need to be willing to uh, try something new uh, to let go of our comfort zone and uh, and yeah when we talk about eating uh, it's a, it's a very old conditioning because for example as I said um, we feel some need and uh, uh, need you know of intimacy, need of resting or need for celebration. And uh, we automatically um, go to food. And we were conditioned to do that when we were babies. Like, uh, I mean, and most of the mothers do that. And, and, and it's natural, like the baby cries and what you do, you, you give milk to the baby. But sometimes the baby is really hungry. Some other times it's not, he's not crying because he's hungry. He's hungry. He's crying because he has pain somewhere in his body. He's cold or, uh, you know, for thousands of other reasons. So we were conditioned actually to um, anything we, we, we feel in our body or in our emotions, we try to um, calm it with food. Uh, and, and again, as you said, since our body is totally, ex- it, it, in our society, it's like our body is something external. It's something that, it's something that doesn't even belong to us. It's something that needs to be, um, um, I don't know, pushed away or, 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 um, demonized in some ways. And so we don't care what we actually put in our body, provided uh, that food helps us, you know, to, to stop feeling that emotion. Uh, instead, the idea is to, to be willing to feel what's going on in our bodies and actually to transform that emotions in energy because emotion uh, is energy in motion. So uh, if we dump our emotions with food, we will not be able to have the vital force to create the, the, the transformations we want in our life. Yes. And with this, un- with this idea of unlearning, where can people start? Like I know that you said about, you know, asking 
yourself, you know, if my body is a sacred temple, how would I nourish it? And why am I eating? Why am I eating this way? But I think for some, you know, for, for some people, they might need like sim- more step by step kind of or, or, or other tools. Perhaps it's that in their community, community, it's quite difficult because of the way their work colleagues eat or their timetables or their family members who are unsupportive and those types of things. Like where can people start when they feel like isolated and, and at, at that part, place I know myself and many guests on this show have been in those places where you're so unwell like desperately unwell and you're in bed and you're obese and you're sick like it's hard to start there it can feel really hard to get that build to build momentum at that point so where can people what do you think people should start when they're when they're empty and and those questions, those questions like my body is a temple and how would I, they seem too abstract and far away for them in that immediacy of where they're at in that moment, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, it does make sense. So, of course, everything starts from within us. So th- there's no one from outside that can, you know, force us um, to make a, a, a transition. So um, it all starts with another phase of, of um, change, uh, um, which after, you know, the awareness, okay, uh, as you said, I'm aware that I'm obese. I'm aware that I'm feeling bad. I'm aware that, you know, uh, uh, my body is suffering. So where do I start? So the next part is motivation. So, because I can be aware that I'm that I'm stuck, but I don't know where to start, or I know where to start. I don't have enough energy to do it because, as you said, it's difficult because my family is not supporting, my environment is not supporting. When I go out with friends, they all eat, you know, tons of meat and junk food, and so I'm left alone there. What do I do? I stop seeing my friends. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> so uh, you need to have a lot of motivation in order to to go on because in the end it's not what to eat. What to eat is quite easy in a way, you know. But it's you know, do I have the the strength to actually carry on my 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 plan or not? So um, motivation, I think, it's a good good place to start. And but then the question is how to create that motivation. Yes. Mm. How do you create it when you have none? So um as I as I also say in the book, motivation has two um let's say two, two parts to it. One part is where do I want to go? The other part is um do I have enough of this? So where do I want to go? Of course, you can start with visualizing where do you want to go. It may be a healthier body, having more energy, and also not just visualizing it, but also writing it down, you know, in order to take a a commitment to yourself. 
if you have someone who can support you, it's much, much better. It's even more effective. Like pair up with someone who has the same goal. It may, maybe you don't have someone in your family, which would be fantastic because then it's easier. Maybe it's a, it's a friend. Maybe it's a colleague. Maybe it's someone you met online. Um, so, uh, but, but at least, you know, some accountability partner which helps you in the transition and you can help each other, be accountable to each other. Uh, and so th this is, th this all help, you know, to, to create the motivation uh, and really write down your goals and you can start small because maybe changing your whole diet in a day is not so feasible. I mean, for some people it works. Some people are black or white, you know, so, and and it's okay. Some people are not like that, and some people need you know more little steps, like uh, two days a week. Okay, for two days a week, just two days in a week, or one day in a week, I will eat a plant-based diet, and then when I see uh, the results of that, I can increase three days in a week, four days in a week, and do it you know slowly. Um, and, and then, and then, you know, you write your goals, you, you do your visualization on your end result, like, okay, this will lead me to, uh, feel less pain or to, to heal my body, to lose weight, um, et cetera, et cetera. But the other part of, which is not so known of, uh, motivation has to do with, uh, do I have enough of this? Because sometimes we need some fire. And in Italy, we have this expression. I don't know if you have it in English as well. Fire under your butt. Yeah, Meaning, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> so you have to, to lighten up that fire under your butt or under your feet in order to move, in order to exit your comfort zone. And so a question there is, okay, let's imagine I don't change my diet and I go on like that for my whole life. What happens? You know, and, and so you see yourself gaining even more weight, being even more ill, uh, even more pain. You know, is this what I want? And that is is the fire you start feeling. OK, no, I need to move. I need to make a change. And so when you combine the two, the let's say um, the, 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 the uh, visualization part, setting your goals, finding a partner, uh, an accountability partner, and on the other side, uh, firing your, your you know, um, increasing your fire under your feet or under your butt, uh, then, then you have um, the, the, the full motivation uh, on your pocket and, and, and it's easier to move. So once you've gone through that phase, then it's just a matter of finding more information, finding the support group and, and uh, creating your schedule. And your schedule really may be just little changes at a time. So it's easier to carry through. Yes, I think they're really, really great points. And of course, you can also use some affirmations, which are very, uh, I mean, helpful. In that. I mean, I don't, I'm not an advocate of just affirmations because if you do just affirmations or just visualization without any act, without any action, then I feel it's not enough. It's interesting you say that. I listen to a podcast now. I don't have any remembrance of who this was, so I feel terrible mentioning it. But he was, t 
He was talking about affirmations and he said for him personally, so I'm just not saying that it's for everyone, what he was saying, and if you know who I'm talking about or this podcast I was listening to, comment on the or on this on this on the show notes and let me know. But he was talking about affirmations and saying that he had I can't remember what he'd called them. But anyway, he was basically saying that for him rather than saying I am healthy, for instance, every day, every morning I'm healthy, I am fit, I'm strong. All of those things, he would ask himself, how am I? You know, how am I? And and when he got the answer and answer those questions, so how am I? Because I eat healthy, you know, how am I strong? Because I weight train every day. How am I wealthy or rich? Because I... You know, I invest and save and work hard and make good decisions and I don't consume endlessly. And, you know, he asked questions in his affirmation. So he would say these wonderful things to himself, but he would frame them in a way that he could act upon them and move forward rather than meaningless statements that were pretty but didn't actually move the needle forward in any meaningful way. Yes, I totally, I totally agree. I mean, it's, um, it's slightly, um, different from affirmations. I totally agree. I use, of course, coming from the coaching, uh, arena and having coaching school, I teach questions a lot. And also, uh, I'm a Louise Hay, uh, trainer, like teach, uh, teachers for Louise Hay philosophy. So I also use affirmation. Both of them, but I totally agree that I love them too. I just liked this as well, so I still say yes. affirmations to myself all the time. I'm not dismissing them. I didn't mean to sound like that, but I loved hearing that and thinking that's a really great way, a, t- a strategy that that I found really useful. I totally, totally agree, and they can be combined. And uh, it's a strategy that is very useful because the use of questions really. Um, enables us to go deep into our unconscious mind and find our answers. Um, and, and it's different when someone else says you need to do ABC or when we ourselves come up with, we ask ourselves a question and we come up with the answer. Oh, I could do ABC uh, because it's our unique answer uh, for our unique life. And so uh, we tend to follow much more, I mean, what comes from our inner wisdom, our inner realization than, you know, um, what other people tell us to do. So definitely, um, I mean, affirmation, you can um, help you to, to uh, it's like planting seeds, you know, uh, maybe they are not true in the moment, but it's like planting seeds for the future. Um, and uh, you feel uh, empowered with affirmations. You feel uh, more open to the world. You feel uh, more um, uh, a sense of possibility. Uh, and so they are useful in that way. And with the uh, questions, and they are called actually affirmations. Yes, you know? that's questions. it. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so with, with questions, uh, we uh, definitely tap into our inner wisdom. Uh, and the question um, closes the gap 
between knowing and doing. So, and brings us into action. Because as I said before, affirmations without action, it's really not working so much. Because yes, I feel empowered. Yes, I feel open. But then if I don't act, then if I keep on eating the same old junk, so what's different? what difference does it make, you know? So, yes. It, it, they, they answer to the question how. How to do it? Okay. So, how am I going to be healthy, you know, by changing my diet? How am I going to be, uh, I don't know, more vital by eating this, this and that instead of just I am more vital? Yes. Yes. And so in your, oh, bef- hold on, I'm, I'm just going to pivot a little bit. With your retreats, I know that your work is, uh, is a lot, your, your book, a whole new life is a lot to do with change. So do you want to talk more about what what people can expect to find in your book and what questions it can answer for th- for them if they're wanting a whole new life? Uh, the book uh, is about change because what I noticed is that our problems as humans uh, are around change because we either want a change that is not happening and so we suffer Maybe we want something to change in our body, in our relationship, in our work. Or, as I said before, life throws us challenges and changes and difficulties which we are not prepared to face and then we we suffer. And so the book helps in either ways, in in both ways, um, to create the the transformations we want in our life. And... uh, so um, how to do it, you know, um, what are the phases that we need to go through, uh, how to unlearn, because most of the times uh, what stands in the middle between us and our ideal life is ourselves, mm. <laughs> is our limiting beliefs. Damn it. And so, <laughs> damn it, yeah. Sometimes we are really our worst enemy. Mm. So um, how, you know, to unlearn um, the, the limiting beliefs that w- we grew up with uh, and that we use unconsciously or consciously sometimes as rules for our lives. Um, how can we go beyond that? Um, and how can we create better relationships and pass them, you know, to our children, pass the good beliefs to our children and not the conditioning beliefs that we (laughs) inherited. Um, uh, How to really set our goals so that, um, how actually to transform dreams into achievable goals. That's, That's another part which is very important. Um, and then uh, which are the, the tools for transformation that we can use so that transformation becomes easier and more feasible. Um, and so there are lots of practical um, things and exercises. Um, and we touch on, on different subjects such as uh, nutrition, uh, meditation, uh, breath work. Because, for example, the use of breathing, that's another um, another very important topic, another very important um, capacity that we all have because we all breathe, except that we don't use our breathing capacity to the fullest. And so we don't bring enough oxygen in ourselves, in our brain, in our body. Um, and so how to create support group, because as we were saying before, it's, it's such an important 
part, you know, to have people who support you, even if they are not part of your family. It would be ideal, but sometimes it's not possible. So all these kind of things and uh, how to deal with, 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 you know, difficult emotions like anger, like anxiety, uh, how to let go of the past. Because in order to create the new, we need to let go of the old. Uh, and so how to let go of the past, past experiences, past pains, etc., past wounds. I was wanting to, just thinking about what you're saying, it's because there's so much in your book and for people who are listening, who are thinking about it, when you're talking about, you know, you talk about nutrition, meditation, breath work, and, and all and many other tools that are in your book that can help people to make transformation to make those changes that they that they know that they need to make but that they're finding difficult to make and you talk about you know communities and support networks and all those kinds of things and i think in this throughout this podcast you know we the history of it you know we've talked a lot about people's individual change but i'm curious just in your talks about meditation and breath breath work because i think that that's something we talk about nutrition a lot you know, but their meditation and breath work are areas that we don't tend to delve into too much. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind explaining what, what I've, I think many of us will know a bit about what meditation is, but what exactly breath work is and how it can help us in our, to create change and to, well, particularly deal with negative emotions that might make it difficult for us to not give in to cravings for, you know, processed food, junk food, all those kinds of things. So is there a way to use breath work to help us move through those uncomfortable emotions that we tend to Yes, yes. choose, choose food to deal with, if that makes sense? Yes, definitely there is. In fact, Breathing is directly linked to our emotions. If you think about it, um, we breathe differently. Uh, Our breathing pattern is different when we are, for example, anxious or when we are happy, when we are angry or when we are enthusiastic. Uh, It's just a different uh, breathing pattern. Okay, So uh, by changing our breathing, we can actually change our emotions. So um, the, the, the first step, of course, is to become aware of our breathing, because, of course, we breathe. I mean, if we didn't breathe, we would be dead. So, but but um, we actually use only a little part of our breathing capacity. There are many studies, and they're different in terms of uh, uh, the, the percentage, but um, approximately um, 90% of the population just uses 50% of their breathing capacity. So it, it's really nothing. Uh, what does that mean and what are the consequences is that we breathe very shallow um, and, um, and so we don't bring full oxygen in our body, in our cells. Uh, with the result that uh, uh, the, the, the bad circulation, bad blood circulation, for example, um, uh, and then uh, toxicity in our in our body, uh, and um, um, so the idea is to uh, 
for example, the first step could be just to stop a few times during the day, like uh, an exercise I like to give um, to people who start is uh, to set your alarm in your phone uh, three times a day, okay? And when the alarm uh, goes off, you take three deep breaths. And by deep breath, I mean full breathing from breathing from the abdominal part you know and then the breathing goes up to your chest and then you just let go you can do it through your nose or even through your mouth if you are in a, in nature for example of course if you are in the center of a city better through your nose than through your mouth uh, but just deep, full breath. And you can do it even if you are in the middle of a meeting. Of course, if you are, in, if you are working in the middle of a meeting, you just do it through your, through your nose, but nobody notices. And just notice how your emotions change. When you are stressed out, before doing anything, take three deep, full breaths, for example. So what happens there, uh, we've been measuring, for example, I don't know if you are familiar with the alkaline um, uh, and, and uh, um, you know, when, when, when uh, for example, uh, drink alkaline water. Uh, okay, so, um, of course, the more alkaline uh, you bring your body, uh, the more um, the body heals itself, the more the cells he- he- heals themselves. So uh, we've been... Uh, studying this and we actually made some tests uh and before and after a breathing session and a full breathing session is not just three breaths it's like half an hour of uh, deep breathing but even with with just a few breaths uh your body becomes more alkaline so um and and you'll notice that when you do this exercise uh, of uh, stopping whatever you're you're doing and take a few deep breathing uh, your emotions change. Uh, if you are stressed out, you will be more calm. Uh, if you are worried, you will find yourself more centered, and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, what happens, for example, is that um, I don't know. M- middle of the afternoon, I see lots of people that need, you know, uh, an extra coffee or some uh, sweets. Uh, you know, some desserts in order to have more energy. But what they really need is not food. What they really need is energy, but energy can be acquired through breathing, deep breathing. And so people who started doing this after a while, they didn't feel the need for that extra uh, sweet thing or that extra uh, cake in the afternoon, for example, or in the evening, whatever you so it's really, really interesting. It's, it is so interesting. And, and I'm fascinated, especially because I've just recently listened to Rich Roll's Wim Hoffman mm-hmm. episode. And yes. he was talking about deep breathing. And so I've always had, I've had Raynard's phenomenon with poor circulation in my extremities. And I was listening, and so I showers, I always have warm showers because I get super cold in my fingers, toes, and 
and just in my in the core, it feels, it feels like in my core. And, and obviously, it's hot here. It's in summer here at the moment, so it's easier to try this out. Because <laughs> if it was winter, I wouldn't be so keen. But I was listening to Wim talking about deep breathing and and, and cold showers and. I thought, oh gosh, I can't have cold showers. Yes. I just won't heat I'm up. I'm actually doing those as well. Yeah, but yeah, I I'm just actually doing that as well. That's so funny. We're in, we're in sync. Yes. So I've been doing that you all this year and and doing deep breathing in the shower. And so if I hop in, I do that initial shallow breath that you do when you're like, oh, that's fro- freezing. And, and then I just remind myself to breathe. And as soon, like almost instantly once i start deep breathing i don't feel cold i just feel refreshed and incredible yes and i started last summer actually on I mean, breathing. I've been I've been teaching breathing since twenty five years now. So, but but the the cold cold water was something totally new for me. And um, so I live in in Bali in the summer, and I lead retreats there as well. And I went to um, a, a workshop to one of uh, Wim of uh, um, the leader was one of uh, Wim of uh, trainers. So uh, he was talking about cold showers and trust. So I started, but you know, being in Bali in summer easy yeah then I went then I moved to Thailand again hot weather easy then I came to Italy winter difficult <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh actually I was so worried I said oh my goodness now I want to continue but you know in Italy in winter time ooh, it's gonna be freezing instead no as soon as you as you said as soon as I started breathing in the shower and then I turned the, the cold water. Wow, I felt so energized, so refreshed. So, yes, even in winter, it's doable in Italy. Wow, okay. So, if it, does it get down to zero in Italy in winter? I have no idea. Yes, even, even, even uh, below zero. Okay, had, so if you yes. can do it, then I, I, I can do it. I'm... I'm I'm thinking already about how I might chicken out, but I, <laughs> I'm really keen to keep going. And if you're listening, let me know if you're, let us know if you're trying it out too, because it has been a, not to use the term, not to make a cliche, but it has been a real game changer for me this year after my run having a cold shower. It just feels, I feel cleaner, lighter, and the, and the breathing is, is the key. The breathing is definitely the key. Yes, yes, because if you do that, I once forgot to breathe, like mm. I was, you know, my mind was somewhere else, yeah. so I just turned the, the, the cold water here in Italy, <laughs> and it was like minus four outside, <laughs> and, the, and the water was super cold, and I went, oh my goodness, what? but then I said, okay, okay, I'll start breathing, and and uh, yeah, it makes, the breathing is the key, actually, so that's why I say, even in your Every day, just remember to breathe. And to, when I say to breathe, I mean deep, full breath. Um, and it, it, they're a game changer. Like even in difficult situation, you're, you're having a fight with your spouse, with your children. Breathe. You are stressed out at work. Breathe. And it changes the, the, really the, the, um, the, the, the composition at a biological level, it changes the composition of your blood because your blood becomes m- more oxygenated. And uh, by the way, also your brain becomes more oxygenated. And then there's another thing which I explain in the book because um, breathing, uh, it helps us to um, 
ex escape or to get out of the fight or flight system. Because um, when we feel fear, when we feel danger, we automatically, our, our uh, brain automatically goes into fight or flight mode. And so that's where we take stupid decisions as, you know, keep on eating junk food or not going for a walk or, you know, um, reacting to, your, to our children or spouse. Um, and so if in that moment we take a few breaths, uh, we activate the neuronal, the, the, the frontal lobe. And so the, the, the frontal cortex where the decision making is, where awareness is, and we get out of that amygdala, uh, which uh, is the, the, the base for the flight or flight response. And so uh, breathing is really, really uh, amazing. So if someone was, is listening and they're thinking that, you know, at 10 p.m., for instance, they, not 10, let's say 8, the kids have just gone to bed finally, it's their mm. time of night, they've got Netflix ready to go and a bag of corn chips in the pantry that they desperately don't want to eat, but as every minute ticks past that craving to eat them is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger how could they with with breath work how long do you think it would take for them to move through that craving and and hopefully prevent themselves for eating that whole bag of chips <laughs> i would think uh they could um do let's say 15 minutes 20 minutes depends from the person on, on breathing. And also the other trick is to stop focusing on the food uh, because uh, that's precisely what keeps us stuck. Like what happens if I say don't think, absolutely don't think about a white elephant? You know, try not to think, don't think about the elephant. Don't think about the white elephant. Do anything you want. Think about anything, but don't think about don't think about the white elephant. Where is your mind focused? You know. So the more we say, I don't want to eat that. I don't want to eat that. I don't want to eat. Our all our attention is there, and it becomes a, a, a mess. It becomes such a difficult struggle at that point because we are struggling with ourselves. It's like an internal fight, which I mean. We have very few possibilities at winning at that point. So what is the trick there is to focusing, shifting our attention, focusing somewhere else, like starting doing some other activity, hopefully some, some meaningful activity for us. Like, okay, I start working on my vision board. I start doing some breath work. I, I don't know, um, start reading an interesting book. I, I call a friend, I, you know, again, uh, I take a warm bath. If, if a warm bath is something I like with a cold shower in the end, <laughs> uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, like what else can I do? Where else can I focus my attention that is meaningful for me? That's the idea. That's a really, really good, a really good point is to just, to, to just and I find for me, I, I remember years and years ago, a naturopath or nutritionist, and I'm not sure what kind of, I think he was a naturopath, and they said to me, you know, don't eat after seven. And and that was completely mind, 
boggling to me because I was just a grazer who would eat all day. This is when I was at my heaviest. Um, and nowadays, I I don't like eating even almost after after six. I prefer to have finished eating by six personally because I just know I sleep better, I feel better, I f- I'm not digesting in the evenings and and I don't have to think about it because like you said, I fill up my evenings. I go for a walk or a run and I write and journal and read and talk to my partner and 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 whatever and I never I never think about food in the evenings but it was such a huge change and I think it is a huge change for for lots of people who might be listening who think gosh I keep eating until I go to sleep um and for those people hearing what you're saying and 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 your book I'm sure may give them you know so many more ideas and tools about how to get through that that window and even if like you say they only apply these tools three days a week that's a really good week you know and then to build and then to build from there you know day four days five days six days or six evenings where you're not eating past seven o'clock that's wonderful Mm. yes that's already a game changer because in the end all i think I mean, the changes we make, we, we make in our life, we expect, sometimes we expect them to be a revolution. Instead, they need to be an evolution, you know, slowly, uh, measured in teaspoons in some ways. So, so, um, because as I said, for some people, it works when they say, okay, from tomorrow, everything will change and they do it and it's okay. I mean, Lucky them. But for most of us, it's more a step at a time. And the other thing which I want to, to underline here is uh, make your little successes count. Because what we tend to do is we are great discounters. And by that, I mean, um, oh, I just did it once in a week. So it doesn't, it doesn't count. I was able to you know, to, to eat healthy just twice in a week. Oh, so I, I was not, it's nothing. In, and, and then that's precisely the kind of toxic thinking that gets us to relapse into old bad habit, habits. Instead, the idea is to count our successes. Okay, I was able to do it once. It means I can do it once again next week. It means I can do it, you know, and every little success Mark it in your box, in your calendar, in your journal. I, I, I love that. And it's funny that you mention it because today I posted episode 70. Now my brain's having a meltdown. 70. My goodness. Three with um, Sick to Fit author Josh Lejani. And he says the same thing but different. He says... Don't make try not to major in the minors because he's a football fan. And it's so true, you know, like we all like to, you know, win at talking about our failures and how our losses and the mistakes we make and the chocolate bar we had and the you know, oh, but you know, on the weekend I completely blew it and I fell off the wagon and oh but then what about all the other times you really nailed it, you know, like you say. Exactly. more make the little successes count. I love that because we don't, and we should. It's really, really, really and important. And we should. 
Mm. And actually, we were talking about motivation before and making our um, our wins count uh, is actually like putting fuel for our motivation. It's like really fueling up our our you know our motivation. So it's really paramount. Absolutely, absolutely, and like we just we just don't celebrate success. I think across I don't know not all of the world, but a lot of the world we think that tall poppy syndrome that celebrating our success means we're gloating or boasting or we're not we're not humble and all those kinds of things and and that 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 thinking has been detrimental i think to to our happiness in many ways because we we just don't afford ourselves any happiness <laughs> yes. yes yes it's like we don't deserve you know yeah. it's like uh, yeah and and unconsciously then we pass that to our children that mentality to our children and that legacy goes on and on instead when we start applying these principles to ourselves this you know uh, these ideas to ourselves then we become examples also for our children for our family that it's okay to celebrate your results it's okay to fall once in a while we are to make mistakes we, we are humans and uh, b- but we can, you know, uh, be resilient and uh, start again and again start celebrating our successes and and that, that that's the idea. That's what helps us to. Yeah, and we can and we can feel the pleasure and happiness and joy can come from other places than our plates. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to be cake. Exactly, because otherwise, all our pleasure. Come, I mean, or most of it come from our food, and that's detrimental. So we we really need to allow ourselves to start feeling pleasures and happiness from other parts of our life to give more meaning to our life. So when our life is meaningful, when our days are meaningful, our activities are meaningful, then we are so much engaged in our life that food, you know, is just a little part of it. Yes, we need it. Yes, there are some pleasures in it, but I mean, who cares? You know, we are so um, enthusiastic about our life that, okay, food just redimensions itself. Yes, I love that. And I, and I think most, most, if not all, the guests that have been on this show before and now talk about that being the biggest shift was finding joy outside of food. You know, one of the biggest parts of their their health journeys was making food and, and, and finding joy in that as well. Like it's joy. I feel so much more joy around food now because it feels beautiful, healthful and healing and health promoting. And I do feel like my body is a template and giving it the most beautiful life promoting food available to it. So it's not I think for some people that are have, you know, big issues with food addiction and I've had my own. I think sometimes you want it to be back to basics like Andrew Spudfit Taylor with his just potatoes for a year. Sometimes it feels like you need to make food so boring like he did that and your life so interesting, which was his motto, that um, you can overcome that type of compulsive relationship towards food. But in general, I find that my relationship with food now is the best it's ever been because I am there is a joy in nourishing myself. Mm. Yes, yes. 
Yeah. Now we have talked for a while and I just, I know that this isn't a, tra- a, a typical, I am wanting more and more episodes like this as we go on. Cause I think that this podcast's evolution as we move into its second year is going to be about all areas of like being your best betterment, transformation, change, personal growth, development, um, talking to people who are excelling in areas of life and making great changes. And so I was very excited to have you on the show. And I just wanted to take this moment to talk a bit more about your work and your retreats for anyone who's listening and who who feels that making change is something that they get stuck with and and wants more support because I know that this is your you know this is your this is your life's work nowadays and I would love for people to be able to find you and work with you and reach out to you and connect with you if they're listening and thinking yes which is really gets me and I know that she could really help me on my own journey to wellness and feeling amazing. Yeah, so um, first of all, you can reach me um, at my website, luciagiovanini.com. And there, there are also the information about my retreats. I basically, I mean, I, I lead several workshops, but most of them are in Italian. So if you speak Italian, super, (laughs) otherwise it's a little bit difficult, but I also lead some in English and uh, there are the retreats in uh, Thailand in February every year and in Bali, Ubud, which is the spiritual center of Bali. By the way, it's a, it's a heaven for veganism. There's a lot of fantastic raw food restaurant, vegan restaurants, um, and um, so uh, at the end of August, every year, I lead the eight days retreat in Bali. Uh, end of February, every year, I lead the eight days retreat in Thailand, in Phuket, beautiful uh, island of Phuket. Uh, those are both in English. Um, and of course, I'm also available for groups uh, uh, to travel and to lead you know, a, a, a retreat or a workshop, one day, two days workshop for groups, um, which I, I mean, I do. I sometimes uh, uh, travel to Belgium or to Bulgaria or to Spain or to Germany. And uh, because a group of people call me in and they want to work with me. So I'm very glad to do that. Oh, that is fabulous. Yes, yes. So because I, I, you know, I like to be able to help people. And of course, depending on my schedule, but I mean, that is doable. And, uh, and then I created a free Facebook, Facebook group called A Whole New Life, uh, where people can find uh, daily inspiration and uh, uh, some videos, some uh, exercises, short exercises, easy but powerful, uh, they can do uh, to really bring those uh, um, uh, th- that philosophy into practical in, in their everyday life. So uh, these are the, the, the places where people can find me, luciagiovannini.com, which is my name, .com. I'll put the link in the show notes if you're listening. Yes, and uh, a whole new life Facebook community. And then uh, in luciagiovannini.com, you'll also find a quiz uh, about which kind of uh, uh, change um, 
I mean, uh, a change person are you? How do you approach change? And uh, uh, at the end of the quiz, you'll find your result and you'll also find a free workbook for a 21 days practices. Oh, wow. That's great, everyone. Off you go. Do the quiz. Free 21-day workbook. That sounds amazing. Yes. Also, all with the idea of, you know, bringing into practice, into practicality, uh, all the, the methods and that we can, I mean, uh, actually use to uh, heal our, our life. Oh, beautiful. Lastly... If you don't mind, Lucha, what I know you've given us so much already about information about change and tips we can use to to make it and make it sustainable for us in the future, no matter where we are on our health journey. But what would be your three biggest tips for anyone who's listening who for in, well, this is a whole food plant based podcast, but it can be any area of your life that you'd like to make a change? What would be your three biggest tips for those people who do have an area, some areas or an area where they would like to see some transformation, but they feel quite stuck at the moment? So first thing, be clear on where you want to go. Because most of the times we don't have it so clear. Uh, we know we want some transformation, but we don't really, I mean, until we nail it down, until we, we actually write it down. So instead of just thinking about, you know, know, I want to this, this and that, just write it down, get a journal, get a, uh, uh, I mean, a piece of, not just a piece of paper, it's bad. the, The other tip is actually to get a journal where you write your goals, actually the transformations you want, um, and then uh, the idea is to be clear on what you want, be clear on where you are, and uh, then slowly start designing the path from A to B. A is where you are, B is where you want to go to. So um, exactly, first tip is be clear, on, get a journal, be clear, write down where you want to go, and every day, at the end of the day, write down one, at least one thing you did today or you thought today uh, you're grateful for. One thing that actually is something that you did in order to move a little bit closer to your goal. And it may be anything. It may be, uh, I don't know, today I was able to drink a glass of water before eating, for example, or to Today, I did my breathing exercises, or today I'm grateful because uh, I took some time to be in nature, or today I'm grateful because uh, I decided to take a 10 minute walk. Okay, even little things, because if we just look for the, as we were saying before, for the big things, then maybe. Uh, there are some days where we wouldn't write anything. But since you take a commitment, make a commitment with yourself to write every day to write something, uh, look also for the small things. So get your diary, write down where you want to go, and every day write down one thing, even a little thing that you're grateful for because it moved you a little closer, even a centimeter closer to where you want to go. Yes, I love that. I love that so much. So that was be clear on where you want to go. Write it down. Journal. Oh, sorry. 
you change we change, get a journal get, yes. get a journal and write down your goals and your transformation that you're after and then be clear on what you want um clearly define how to get there uh, and write one thing that you're grateful for and one thing that you did to move closer to your goals each day yes 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 i love that that's so they're so great and i think for people who are wanting to adopt a whole food plant-based diet this is perfect you know you just think about wh- why you want it why you want to adopt a whole food plant-based diet what what the reasoning is and if you don't have a strong for this instance if you don't have a strong reason do some do some you know self inquiry inquiry <laughs> and Inform yourself because, you know, there's so many reasons to adopt a whole food plant-based diet from optimal health, from suffering to animals, from environmental reasons, sustainability. There are so many. And once you create a big enough why, a clear enough why about why you want to be whole food plant-based, then then you can start journaling, you know, what what what, what your health goals would be like, what your, you know, how you want to feel in your body, how you want to feel in your spirit, you know, where you want to be in 12 months time as far as that goes. And then, and how you can get there. Like, uh, like Lucia says, you know, what's, what's this week going to have? Is it going to be one plant-based meal a week? Is it going to be two? Can you do all breakfasts five days a week, all plant-based with plant-based milks? You know, how can you, can you try a new, if you if you want to try mock things, try, try a new recipe this week. One new one new breakfast recipe each Monday, and and just start small, as Lucia says, and start celebrating those wins, those small victories. That one breakfast a week, or the three plant based meals a week, and just keep moving forward and celebrating those, and not sweating the chocolate bars, the chips. Hopefully, you won't have any of those, but. We're human and we're on a journey. This is a process, a really, really exciting, wonderful process with the end goal being that you feel amazing from the inside out. So I love those goals and I love – I'm really excited. I haven't bought your book yet, Lucha, I must admit, but I'm really excited. It's coming out in – what? when's it coming out? April? Ma- March. Beginning March. of March. Beginning and of March. And it will March. be already – yes, beginning of March. There are some fantastic uh, pre-order bundles. Um, and uh, it will be on my website. I mean, the book is already on my website, but the pre-order bundles will be on my website, uh, I think, already now or in a few days. Awesome. So, yes, definitely get Lucia's book um, in March. Pre-order, Get the pre-order bundles and click on her website and look at that because I, I know that that book and the work that you're doing is going to help so many people and is such a great resource for people to have because change – this is a huge change. Adopting a whole food plant-based diet is, you know, bigger than changing religion for for most people. And and your book can support helps people to, to support them in that change, which is so so important for preventing chronic diseases, for helping people to sustainably achieve their weight loss goals, to feel better, to have better digestion, more energy, all of those things, and. The ripple effect of that is people go on to have a more joyful and fulfilling life. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing, Lucha, and for coming on this podcast. I'm thrilled to have met you and to have shared this time with you today.
Thank you, Corinne. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you really for inviting me. Oh, no worries at all. So everyone, it is www.luciagivonini.com. Is that right? Yes. Yes, exactly. That's thank, right. Oh, thank and goodness. a whole new life. Yes. And a whole new life community on Facebook. Perfect. So check that out on the show notes. The link will be there and then you can head on over there and order the Whole New Life book bundle before it comes out. Yeah? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lucha. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, Corinne. Thank you so much, Lucha, for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. I hope you got so much out of that episode. And can start your journaling today, get yourself writing, thinking, planning, thinking about getting clear on your goals, where you want to be, visualizing that that version of yourself, spending moments in gratitude every single day and talking about where you moved things forward, even if it's just a glass of water or one whole food plant-based meal or you went for a five-minute walk or you did some stretching on the floor or you had a loving conversation with a friend or family member or a loved one or you patted your dog and had a hug with your first family member for five minutes. Whatever it is that made you feel joyful, that's it. You've made it. (laughs) Focus on that. Don't major in the minors. Don't focus on the small things. Focus on the successes, as Lucia says. Focus on the successes and that builds your motivation. And from there, anything is possible, truly. So thank you so much. Please, if you have to take the time to share or like, or if you have a comment or a question for Lucia and myself, head over to the show notes and leave your question there. And we would love to, I'd love to read it. I'd love to write back to you. Uh, and, and I'm sure I, Lucha, Lucha feels the same way. We both would love to hear from you and answer any questions you might have about this episode. And otherwise, I will see you next week for episode 76. Enjoy your amazing, joyful, change-making week. Until then, bye.